Yes. Do not be dismayed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I receive that and believe that today. Amen. I appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that operate within the church. Amen. We still, here at Abundant Life Family Church, we believe uh, in all nine of the spiritual gifts outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We believe in all five of the ministry gifts outlined in Ephesians chapter 4, from which I'm going to read a little bit this morning. But we believe in the operation. That, that's why someone called me yesterday here at the church wanting information about the church, and I told them we are a full gospel church. We believe in the full gospel, all the Word of God. So thank you, Sister Sharon, for obeying the Holy Spirit today and allowing the Lord to speak through you. Brother Mark. Pastor, before you get started. Yes, sir. Okay. Would you step down here? righty. I'd like your lovely wife to come up here, too. My lovely wife, come right on, lovely wife. <laughs> Praise God.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you guys so very much. I, I definitely, I miss the hugging and the closeness, and you know, I do. And we'll get back to that eventually. We surely will. I believe that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your appreciation toward us. And uh, as I've said, we certainly, definitely do appreciate every one of you. Amen. You are our, you're our family. Amen. We're a family. Amen. And um, I appreciate so much each and every one of you. We love you. Vicki and I love you more than, than you all will ever know. One of the things, probably one of the main things that I do miss about being in this situation, this COVID situation that we're in, is I, I can't go to the hospitals and be with people and pray for people and minister to people. And, and, and I, I've always done that, and that's a part of the ministry. And uh, to be able to go in and pray with people and see them get better. And, um, but, but again, I'm praying that, that will, things will come back to some kind of normalcy. I, I, I pray that it will. You know, I don't know. They, they won't even let family hardly in with people that are in the hospital now, much less a pastor. But I would be willing to put on the, uh, uh, the, all the gear that would need to put on to go in and pray. And I know you can pray. I know you can pray, you know, at home or over the phone or whatever. And, the, and God, there's no distance in prayer. But I just miss that. And I miss, I miss the handshakes and the hugs and all of that. But anyway... Thank you all for being here today and for appreciating us. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read some scripture from Ephesians chapter 4 and then from Jeremiah chapter 3. So if you want to grab those places in your Bible and as we, as we look at the scripture, Ephesians chapter 4 and Jeremiah chapter 3. And I'm going to, these are familiar verses here in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 11. Amen. Verse number 11. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 11. The Bible says this. And he, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. I'm looking forward to that day unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we be henceforth, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, into Christ, in all things which he is the head, even Christ. 
And then if you will open, turn over, flip back to the Old Testament to Jeremiah chapter 15. I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. 3 and 15. And here's this one verse of Scripture. God says this to His people. And I will give you pastors according to my heart which shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding. I want to talk to you a little bit today for a few moments on something that is dear to my heart, and that is the ministry, and especially the pastoral ministry. To talk to you a little bit, I know that I'm the only pastor here today, and I, and I feel a little awkward talking about pastors and pastoral ministry in the office of the pastor um, this morning, but this is what the Lord kind of laid upon my heart. Brother Mark mentioned that October, every year October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and you guys always appreciate us not only in October, but through all, through all the, uh, through every month of the year, and uh, so I just want to talk from my heart and teach just a little bit to you this morning about the pastoral ministry and about pastors and pastoring. Will that be all right? You know, listen, I love the ministry. I really do. I, I love the ministry because the ministry is my life. It's Vicky and mine's life. I can't imagine doing anything else. I can't imagine, I can't imagine being retired. I know pastors retire sometimes, but I, I just can't imagine being retired and, and, and just sitting around doing nothing. And, and I'm not condemning any pastor that does retire. Uh, I don't know that I ever will. I'm, you know, I'm planning on being up here and preaching until I can't go no more. But, but, but ministry is our life. And ministry, the pastoral ministry, is a calling from God. It's not a job that somebody chooses or a vocation that someone chooses to go into, but it's a calling that comes from God. And uh, Paul made the statement, you know, in one of his epistles, he told those who he was writing to, he said, I've got to preach the gospel. He said, woe be unto me if I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those gifts and those callings that come from God are without repentance. How many knows that's what the Bible says? So when God calls somebody into the ministry, they can't just say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Some people do, but it's not a, that's not a wise thing to do. To say, well, I'm, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to choose something else to do with my life because those callings are for a lifetime. And God called, called us into the ministry some years ago. I felt the call of God upon my heart, my life, to preach from the time that I was, that I was uh, you know, just a, a young boy. And uh, I won't go into all that, but I ran from that calling for quite a number of years. I didn't want to obey it. I didn't want to heed to it. But can I tell you that the Lord is merciful and He is gracious and He never gives up on us, you know, and that's good. And I'm so glad for that and all of us should be glad for that and thankful for that. I, someone
someone posted on Facebook, I think it was this past week, said this, a good pastor isn't in it for the income, he's in it for the outcome. And that's, I can say with, my, with, my, with, with all sincerity and honestness, that that is what we are in this, this ministry, in the ministry, this pastoral ministry for. Vicki and I is not for what we can get out of it. Of course, everybody knows that we have to, you know, people have to have finances to live, but that's not it. It's, it's, it's because of what we're in the ministry for is to help people and for the outcome and for the good that we can do in someone's life. I know sometimes people that have, have said, and not, not, not here, but um, they, have, they, have, they think that the pastor really doesn't do anything, that he works, you know, he preaches, he preaches on Sunday morning and, and sometimes on Sunday night and Wednesday night, preaches three times a week, works three hours a week, and that's all he does. And the rest of the time, you know, he's out fishing or he's out hunting or he's out on the golf course or he's on vacation, he's out camping, he's on the lake doing something. And there may be, I don't know, there may be some pastors that that's their lifestyle, but I can assure you, ladies and gentlemen, that is not our lifestyle. Amen. I hadn't, matter of fact, and I do enjoy playing golf. And I haven't got to play golf all year this year, all summer. So, but um, but 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 that's not the case. Pastoral ministry is 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 uh, is laborious. It's a calling from God, but it's something that keeps you busy all the time. I want to give you the definition of a pastor from. Uh, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it says this concerning a pastor. This is the definition. A, a pastor is a minister of the gospel who has the charge of a church and a congregation whose duty is to watch over the people of his charge and instruct them in the sacred doctrines of the Christian faith. I think that's a pretty good definition. But then according to the Bible, a pastor is a shepherd, an undershepherd, of the Lord Jesus Christ who leads God's people, the church. He is one who oversees, who guides, who protects, teaches, trains, counsels, preaches, and prays with and prays for and feeds the church of God with spiritual food, the Word of God. That is a description of what a pastoral ministry is all about. Now, I, I, I want to make this mention, I, I want to say this this morning, that from what we've read here in our text in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and in Jeremiah chapter 3, we see from those passages of Scripture that pastors are a gift from God to the body of Christ, along with the, that fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are a gift. He said, and he gave some. The, uh, uh, the prophet Jeremiah in the verse we read said, this is the word of God speaking to Jeremiah, and he said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. So God gives pastors to the church. It's a gifting that God gives. 
every, every one of those fivefold ministry gifts are a gift from God. If you read all of that in Ephesians, it talks about how Jesus ascended on high and he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men and he gave some pastors and evangelists, teachers, and so forth. So the pastoral ministry is one of those fivefold ministry gifts that is a gift given to the church of God. And God gives pastors to the church, listen, according to what did Jeremiah say? He said it's according to my heart and according to my will. It's according to the heart and as God's heart and according to God's will. Pastors are not selected by committees. They are not selected by man. They are not called or chosen by men, but they are called by the Lord and placed in the body of Christ by the Lord Jesus Christ and as the Lord Jesus Christ desires and wills. Do you agree with that? Amen. God does that. This is the, you know, Jesus, this is his church. He is the head of the church universal and he is the head of this local church abundant life family church he is the great chief shepherd of the church and every local pastor of every local church is 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 called of the lord jesus christ as one of his under shepherds to oversee the flock of god that the lord has given him has given him the oversight of so pastors are called of god they are placed in the body of christ as the lord wills and the calling comes from the lord paul told Timothy he said that we are called with a holy calling and called according to his purpose pastors are appointed by God into the work of the ministry according to Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 he said this Paul said to those elders there those pastors at Ephesus he said take heed to yourselves and to all the flock of God over which the Holy Spirit notice that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers so so the Holy Spirit appoints and anoints that pastoral ministry in that local church pastors are also along with evangelists every preacher that's called of God are sent by God how many believe that Paul Paul mentioned that in the book of Romans in chapter number uh, 10 of Romans he talked about that he said for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved but then he said how shall they call on him uh, in whom they've not believed and how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent so we see from that passage that not only are pastors and preachers called of God anointed of God chosen of God but they are also sent by God amen some 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 just went I think instead of being sent but we've got to be sent by the Lord and he goes on Paul said there how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things hallelujah so that's, that's the, the, um, the calling of a pastor, the gift that God's given to the church. But what 
does a pa- is a pastor supposed to do? What, is, what are the main duties or requirements that a pastor has in a local church or congregation? Well, I believe that first and foremost, according to the Bible, that pastors are to feed God's people. According to, the, to what Jeremiah said, that pastors are to feed God's people with knowledge and understanding. We're to feed the church of God, to feed the flock of God with knowledge and understanding. And the way pastors feed the flock of God is by imparting to you what I'm trying my best to do this morning is to impart to you the knowledge and understanding of the Holy Scriptures and of the Word of God, to teach you the Word of God, to declare to you the whole counsel of God, not to hold back anything that, as Paul told those Ephesian elders, don't, he said, I haven't held back anything from you that was profitable to you but I've declared unto you the full whole counsel of God and I'm going to tell you something abundant life that is my desire today and I seek to do that to give you the full counsel of God to preach to you the full gospel to teach you the word of God as it is written not with my own um, ideas or my own uh, my own thoughts or thinking but what thus saith the Lord because this ladies and gentlemen is the word of God this Bible just does not it does not just contain God's word this is the infallible inerrant word of God this is the this is what we've got to live by if we're going to make heaven our home can I get an amen and I as a pastor am responsible to God and to you to feed you with knowledge and with understanding through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God amen hallelujah that's one of the things that a pastor does is to give you understanding of the word by explaining it by giving the meaning of it amen that's my responsibility when Nehemiah called the people in Nehemiah chapter 8 and he called all of Israel together to hear the word of God and they all gathered together and Nehemiah stood up on a platform and as he read the word of God and I don't have time to go into all that but it said that they lifted their hands and they said amen amen so that's scriptural won't you just do that say amen Hallelujah. But when he, when, he, when he gave them the word of God, they stood there. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 8 and 8, so they read, Nehemiah read the book of the law of God distinctly. And listen to this. Here's what he did. He didn't just read it, but he gave the sense or the understanding and caused them to understand the reading. And that's my prayer all the time. You know, God help me as I minister the word to give the understanding I don't want you to leave here in a fog I don't want you to leave here not knowing what the word of God teaches and what it says I want you to be fed the word of God this is how you grow ladies and gentlemen by feeding on the word of God this is the flock of God gathered together in in the house of God to hear the word of God and 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 you know we we appreciate our worship and our singing that leads us 
us into the presence of God. But the most important part of any service, and I don't say this because I'm a preacher, but the most important part of any service is the preaching and the teaching and the expounding and the explaining of the Word of God when the pastor, the evangelist, who's ever behind this sacred desk, gives you the Word and tells you what it means and you receive it and you're not just a hearer but a doer of the Word. And you're obedient. That's how you grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! We feed the flock of God so they will grow. And that's my greatest desire. And I've said this before is for growth at Abundant Life Family Church, but more than numerical growth, my desire is for the spiritual growth and development of you as believers. Someone told me. Well, the other day, yes, the other day, Friday, at, at Brother Larry's Swearingham's funeral service, that since they'd been coming here, how much Larry enjoyed this church and that he had grown so much spiritually since he'd been coming here and setting under this ministry. And I don't say that. Please understand, I'm not saying that to put a feather in my cap in any way. But, but if I will preach and teach the Word as God gives it to me, and you will come, oh, come on now, if you will come, amen, I, it's hard for me to, to feed you if you don't come, but if you're here to, to, to feed a on the Word of God, then you will grow spiritually. And listen to me. I don't believe there can be any spiritual growth in your life or in any believer's life unless they, unless they take time to read the Bible and study it on their own, but also to come to the house of God and set under the anointed teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Under God-called anointed pastors, teachers, and, and whoever may be speaking that's called of God. We need the teaching of the Word of God today like we've never needed it before. Come on, somebody. See, it's my responsibility as a pastor to give you God's message. It's my responsibility when I stand up here. And I don't take this lightly. I'm going to tell you. It's my responsibility to stand up here and to be God's voice, to be God's, an oracle of God, so that he can speak through me. My prayer every time before I stand on this platform and get behind this pulpit is not only for the anointing. Yes, I, I ask God for the anointing, but my prayer is God, think through my mind. Holy Spirit, speak through my lips. Let me be a mouthpiece for God. God Almighty. Hallelujah. And, and that's my desire. That should be the desire of every God-called preacher. Because I don't know what you need, but the Holy Ghost does. He does know what you need. And there's times I'll be preaching and I'll say stuff. I thought, I never thought of that. Where did that come from? But you know what? It would be something that somebody would come up after the church and say, you know what? I needed that. Because I didn't know, but God, the Holy Spirit, knows. Can I get an amen? amen? Pastor's responsibility is to feed the flock of God. In order to do that, a pastor, a teacher of the Word, must study the Word of God. 
Paul told Timothy to do what? Study, to show thyself approved unto God, to rightly divide the word of truth. So that's my, that's, that's what I do. And you can tell, I believe you can tell, when somebody stands behind the pulpit and preaches whether they've studied or not. You know, there's some, <laughs> there's some people that, that, some preachers that have said, well, you know, I just wait till it's time to preach. And I just get up there and open my Bible and whatever. I've, I've heard different ones say this. I just get up there and open my Bible and whatever it opens to, I just read that verse. And, the, and you know, Jesus said, the, the Bible said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. Well, I'm going to tell you what. My pastor taught me a long time ago. When I first got saved, started studying the Bible, and God called me to preach, I got, I got, you know, got to preach, and he told me, he said, don't believe that stuff. Just open your mouth, and God will fill it. said, he'll fill it, but you've got to put something in there for him to fill it with. Amen? You, you go up there with an empty basket, and there ain't nothing for him to fill it with. So we've got to study the Word and um, to show ourselves approved. He said, rightly dividing the Word of truth, and that word, rightly dividing, is is a word that means to cut it straight. I like that. Uh, Strong's definition says it means to cut straight, to handle right, to teach truth directly and correctly. And that's what, that's my goal today, folks. It's not, listen, it's not always popular, especially in the culture that we live in today, it is not popular to preach the straight, true, unadulterated, unvarnished un, un, uh, word of God. We need the true word of Almighty God today the truth of the word today and there are some things that you know that you preach that aren't so popular today but we need to do that Paul said that we must adhere as pastors to sound doctrine he told Timothy he said preach the word preach the word be instant in season out of season in other words be ready when it's when there's it's the good season to preach be ready when it's not a good season to preach I've stood and preached when it boy when they'd shout you down and the whole house was praising God and I've stood and preached when it wasn't a good season everybody's sitting there like well just move me if you think you can huh So that's in season, out of season. That's good times and bad times. Amen? That's when you're in the midst of revival, you preach. And when you're in the midst of a pandemic, you preach. Whatever's going on at that particular time, when the house is full, you preach. When the house is half empty, you preach. It doesn't make any difference. Amen? You you be faithful to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you feed the flock. And you study. And you prepare. And you get up. And you preach. And give that congregation a thus saith the Lord God that is what a pastor is to do oh praise God amen hallelujah hallelujah pastors must lead that congregation and set boy here's the hard thing right here to be an example to the flock. See, this is where I stand in fear and trembling. Are you with me? 
because every eye is on the pastor watching him and that's okay we live in a glass house pretty much you know and everybody's watching that pastor is an example and it's biblical the bible says peter said in first peter five and three that the that the pastor is not to be a lord over god's people god's heritage i'm not to lord it over you will Bless God, you do this or you hit the door. That's not the way it is. Amen? Remember, I don't know, back in the, was it back in the 70s, they had a deal going called the shepherding movement. Shepherding. Where people that, you know, the pastor was the shepherd and they took a lot of verses out of context. But then that shepherding movement, it happened amongst a lot of the charismatics, and I don't know maybe who, who else. It might have got into some of the Pentecostals. I don't know, but in that shepherding movement, nobody could do anything unless they went to the pastor. You couldn't go on vacation unless you went to the pastor and asked him, can I go on vacation? Is it okay if we go here? He had to okay, couldn't buy a car, couldn't do, do anything, couldn't move. I mean, he was a lord. That pastor was, was, was a lord over that congregation, over those people. How many of y'all know that's not scriptural? That's not biblical. That is bondage, and it caused a lot of problems in the body of Christ. Thank God you don't hear of that too much anymore and so Peter said we're not to be lords over God's heritage but we are to lead and to guide by example but he said to be examples to the flock and this is the thing that 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 as I said is the thing that that concerns me that I and I pray this all the time folks and I I need you to pray this for me but I pray all the time God don't let me do ever do anything that would cause somebody to stumble or to be led astray or to think, you know, wrongly of me. Help me, Jesus, to be a good example to the flock. When you think about all of the things that people expect a pastor to be um, and all of, the, all of what the Bible says that a pastor to be, it can be a little bit daunting at times. But uh, the pastor must be an individual who is humble, who is patient, unselfish, peaceable, and joyful. Glory to God. I don't do too bad except that second one, that patient one. I have a little trouble with that, amen, sometimes. But I'm working on it. God's working on me. But a pastor is, a, is, a, is an individual. Your pastor is one who will rejoice with you in the good times and who will cry with you in the sad times. And we've done that over the 17 years that we've been here. A pastor is a man who will stand for righteousness and will speak out against sin. Are you listening to me? A pastor is that watchman on the wall that Ezekiel talked about in Ezekiel 33 where God said, Ezekiel, I've set you as a watchman on the wall and when I say to that wicked, you're going to die, then you need to sound the trumpet. You need to warn that individual. You need to tell them what I've said because if you, if you do not tell them, if you do not warn them, if you do not give them the truth and that individual dies in their sin, this is what God told Ezekiel, 
I will require their blood at your hands. I don't want anybody's blood on my hands. Somebody said, you know, you, 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 preach, you preach a little too hard. You cut it maybe a little too straight. You lay it out there a little bit too, uh, you know, too, too, too straight and too narrow. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to take that chance of anybody misunderstanding that we need to live right, we need to live clean, we need to live holy. Hallelujah. Amen. That sin is still sin and what the Bible says is sin is sin and no matter what the world, what direction the world is going in today and no matter what they're saying today, well this, you know, this is okay, this is all right. I'm here to, te- to preach to you as long as God gives me breath and places me here in this church that listen, what the Bible says is sin is still sin and we've got to live according to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. God help me. This is what I pray that you or ask that you pray for me. God help Pastor Rick to always preach it shotgun barrel straight. Glory to God. Help Brother Rick to be the example. Hallelujah. To stand strong against the attacks of the enemy. Can I get an amen? To be that faithful watchman on the wall. Amen, to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I want to be that example. And a pastor has to be that example. A pastor is a man who is honest. And I say man, it could be a lady as well, but a man who is honest. been a lot of dishonest preachers over the years that has given the the body of Christ, the church, a bad name. Amen? I don't know. I don't know. I read this the other day. I don't know. Brother Scott may know, but um, I read the other day that, that most bankers, a lot of bankers, think that preachers are a bad risk to loan money because they've bailed out so many times and left a black mark on a community and on a church. I've seen that happen in churches where preachers have stolen stuff and, and not paid their bills and just many things. But listen, a pastor has got to be an example uh, to the community, not just to the church, Paul said that we should have one of the qualifications of a pastor is to have a good report of those who are without, those who are in the community. Man, I don't want, I don't want this community looking at me, people in this community looking at me and saying, what a charlatan, what a cheater. What a liar. No, God help us, amen, to be pastors, to be that example before the community, amen. I believe that we need to be that example, honest and truthful. A pastor needs to be faithful to his wife and to his family. A man who believes in doing right and living a holy life. A pastor must be a man of prayer. The apostles, in Acts chapter 6, the Bible said that they gave themselves to prayer. That's how the deacons were first formed. 
Amen? There was a murmuring. I mean, here was revival going on. People were getting saved. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. 5,000 multitudes were being saved. Power of God was moving. People were being healed. There was a great revival going on. You read Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5. The power of God moving. And then you get to Acts chapter 6. And it said, what was the next thing? In the midst of this revival. And there arose a murmuring. Boy, you can look for that just any time. There's a move of God. There's some price to pay for revival. But when there's a genuine revival and move of God, somebody's going to get their nose out of joint. Glory to God. That was one of them things I hadn't planned on saying. But there was a murmuring among the Grecians that their widows were being neglected in the daily food giveaway. And so... Peter and John, the apostles, got together and said, we cannot leave. We ain't got time to leave the ministry to go take food to the widows. They said, appoint seven men. That's where the deacons came in, that we choose seven men of full of the Holy Ghost, of good report, honest men, that we may appoint over this business. But we, and here's the point that I'm making, Peter said this, but we, the ministry, we shall give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Listen, I read the other day, I read that, that the average preacher Praise only eight minutes a day. No wonder the churches are dead. No wonder there's no anointing. No wonder there's no moving of the Holy Spirit. God help us that, 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 that preachers, for these preachers that are prayerless and have no prayer life. Listen, I teach and preach that you need to have a prayer life, but I'm telling you, I have a prayer life. You, can, you, you know, listen, you can tell when people have spent time in the presence of God, a pastor needs to be someone who prays, who prays for himself, who is in communion with God and who prays for that congregation and who prays for those people. Amen. There's got to be prayer or there will not be a move of God within a church. There will not be an anointing of the Holy Ghost within a church unless that pastor in that pulpit is a man of prayer. He can't expect, amen. He can't expect... I can't expect you all to be people of prayer if I don't give myself to prayer. And I'm not up here touting my prayer life. Don't get the, you know, don't get the wrong idea. But pastors need to be able to pray and to hear from God. I don't just, listen, we ain't got church tonight, so I, but I'm, I'm going to bring the plane in. But listen, listen. Pastors need to be in the presence of God to hear from the Lord as to what He wants, as what God wants Him to teach and preach to that body of believers. Amen? You know, we, we'll get back in the book of Mark one of these days, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me, He said, I want you, I'd never done that. On Sunday morning, He said, I want you to teach through the book of Mark or preach through the book of Mark the life of Christ. So that's why we were doing that. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've got to hear from the Lord about what to preach, the direction for this church. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you this morning 
that I haven't muffed it and missed it and made mistakes because I have. Any, any preacher, pastor that would stand and tell you, I've always got it right. I've always heard from the Lord. I've never missed it. I don't know what to think about that because we're all human and none of us are perfect and we can all miss it. That was one of those qualifications that I read to you. A pastor must be unselfish. Sometimes pastors just get in their mind, this is what we need to do. And if they don't take time to pray and wait upon the Lord, they can miss God. They can make wrong decisions. That's why we've got to have a prayer life. That's why you need to pray for me me and pray for our board members, our deacons, our, our, our board who gives me counsel, who, you know, we don't, we don't just do stuff and make business decisions without discussing it and praying about it and praying over it. Amen? Are you with me today? So we've got to pray. Be men of prayer, women of prayer. And so I, I have to hear from God. I don't I don't get up here on Sunday morning and preach to you a, what's known as a Saturday night special. You know what a Saturday night special is? That's where the preacher don't do nothing all week and on Saturday night about 10, 11 o'clock he rushes into his study and just pulls something out of his notebook. That's a Saturday night special with no prayer, no study, no preparation. I'm going to tell you something. I begin preparing, praying, and making notes and studying. I'll start tomorrow on what I believe the Lord's leading me to preach next Sunday. You all look real excited about all this. <laughs> Just sharing my heart with you, okay? A pastor. Let me close with this. I'm out of time. Satan's strategy in these last days is to take out the ministry, the leadership, to shut down the church, to, to scatter the flock. And I believe it's, it's always been Satan's strategy, but I believe that in these last days, even more so, the strategy of the enemy is going to be, his sights are going to be on the leadership of the church. On the congregation as well, but upon the leadership. Uh, to take out that shepherd. Remember Zechariah 13, 7, giving a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus quoted it himself to his disciples, but it said, smite the shepherd. And the sheep will scatter. And that was literally fulfilled. And Jesus told his disciples and quoted that to them and said, All of you are going to forsake me. And when the shepherd Jesus was smitten, they did. The disciples scattered. And that's that still though the strategy. I'm not the, I'm not the chief shepherd Jesus is, but his under-shepherds, his, his ministers, his pastors, there's a target. Are you listening to me? There's a target. on The, the devil has a target on the ministry 
ministry, on pastors, on preachers, amen, to take them down, to take them out. If, if the enemy can, 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 can smite a pastor, can bring a pastor to a more, how many churches have been destroyed because a pastor has had a moral failure or has sinned in some way or gotten away from the Lord? There is a, there's a target on the ministry. In the, in, the, in the book of First Kings, you can read it when you get home, chapter 22, and it's in verses 30 through 33, but you can read the whole thing. But Jehoshaphat, the godly king of, Ju- of Judah, made an alliance with Ahab, the ungodly king of Israel. And when they made that alliance, the, the Ahab, the king of Israel, the wicked king said, I want you to go with me, join forces with me and go to battle against the king of Syria. And so Jehoshaphat agreed to do that, foolishly agreed to do that. And here's what Ahab told Jehoshaphat. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, you put your kingly garb on, you wear your kingly robes, and I'm gonna, Ahab said, I'm going to disguise myself. And Jehoshaphat ain't thinking right. He said, oh, okay, I'll do that. But what he didn't know, the king of Syria, the enemy had said to his captains of his army, he said, don't you all fight against anybody except the king of Israel. When you see the king, you target the king. When you see the leadership, you take them out because their strategy was if we can take out their leader, the rest of them will give in and will be scattered and will quit. And that's exactly what happened. Jehoshaphat goes out there in his kingly garb and sure enough, the, the, the Syrian army sees Jehoshaphat. They said, there's the king. So they all go after him and Jehoshaphat said, no, 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 I'm Jehoshaphat. I'm not the king. I'm not Ahab. And, and when they realized who he was, they stopped chasing him. But that is the strategy of the enemy. And how many pastors have, have been brought down? How many pastors have lost out with God? How many churches have been, have been destroyed and split because the pastor, that shepherd, has been smitten by the enemy? That's why I'm saying to you today, ladies and gentlemen, I, yeah, listen, the devil's got a target on all of us, but if he can take out that leadership and those that are in leadership positions, he is one a great battle. It's important today, Abundant Life Church, that we pray for our leaders, that you pray for me and my wife, that you lift us up in prayer, that you pray a spiritual hedge and build a spiritual hedge of protection around your pastor, around his wife, around around their family. Amen. It's so important that you love your pastor, that you encourage them, that you lift them up, and that you never attack them and in an effort to bring them down because let me tell you something if you can't say something good about the pastor and the leadership just keep your mouth shut and move on but don't try to tear down that ministry God is very displeased when that happens amen Miriam and Aaron spoke against their own brother Moses and his ministry And he said, God hadn't just spoken to him, and God heard it, and God showed up, and God called a come-to-Jesus meeting, all right? And he said, you all come here. 
And he rebuked Aaron. He rebuked Miriam and said, I've called this man and I have spoken by him. You leave him alone. Boy, it's getting quiet now. But it's true. And the glory cloud of God came down and when it lifted up, Miriam was leprous as white as snow. It was that way for seven days before she was healed. And God was showing what? His displeasure of complaining and murmuring and attacking God called ministry. That went over real well. Hallelujah. God does take notice of how churches treat their pastors. Worship team, you can make your way back. But I want to say I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you guys so much. <clears throat> it must be understood, and I'll say this in closing. It must be understood that a pastor according to God's heart is not a perfect individual. David was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he, the Bible said. But David had his flaws. David made his mistakes. But yet, in spite of that, he was always quick to repent, and God still used him and made him a powerful king in Israel. And David wrote the biggest majority of the Psalms. And David's name is the first and the last human name in the New Testament. So, I mean, God still used him even though he was a flawed individual. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you today that I've got it all together and that I'm perfect and that I'm never going to miss it and that I'm never going to make a mistake. If you want to find a fault with me, then you probably can because I'm a human being. And sometimes I miss it and sometimes I make mistakes and when I do and I realize it, I will admit it. I ask, I'll ask your forgiveness. I'll ask God's forgiveness. But all I ask for is a little bit of mercy. Amen? Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said that to the Pharisees. He said, have you never read what this, what this means? I will have mercy and not sacrifice. God wants us to have mercy on one another because none of us are perfect. John Maxwell said God uses people who fail because there aren't any other kind around. Amen? So glory to God. You read through the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, every single one that God called, every single one that God used, all had their flaws. Praise God. But God still used them. Amen? Hallelujah. This is why we should pray for, support our pastors so that we can do the job God's called us to do and stand before God and give an account of our ministry and of you with joy and not with grief. Amen. I believe this with all my heart and you can stand today. I believe this with all my heart that God will bless a church that blesses their pastor. The Bible said those elders that 
labor in, in, in the word of God and in doctrine are worthy of double honor. And those that honor the ministry like you all have done here today on this Pastor Appreciation Day, not lifting, not, not lifting us up, not exalting us, not putting us on a pedestal, but just honoring us because of the calling of God. God will bless you and bless this church for doing that. Amen. So pray for us that we'll fulfill that which God's called us to do and be the pastors that God has called us to be. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for your goodness, your grace, your love. Lord, I counted a, a great honor today, a great privilege to stand here in your presence as a, as a pastor of this church. Thank you for the call of God. I thank you for this congregation, and I pray your blessing upon them in a mighty and a glorious way. We're believing you for great things to take place here at Abundant Life Family Church. We thank you for what you've done in these past 17 years and what you're going to do in the future. Bless us today. Bless this congregation in a special way. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Sing something. Let's worship the Lord for a few moments before we're dismissed. He is my faithful Father Calling me out of the dark And I cannot whisper away What He said in the light He is my firm foundation My anchor won't be moved And storms may collide but my soul is on fire with this word. When listen to the sound of power on my lips, Jesus has broken the curse. He has never lost a battle. defeated the darkness he has never lost a battle sing Christ Redeemer Christ Redeemer we remember he has won the world Jesus mighty overcomer has conquered Christ Redeemer we remember He has won the world Jesus mighty overcomer our defender has conquered and we listen to the sound of power on my 
Jesus has broken the curse. He has never lost a battle. Oh, and who are you, great mountain, that you should not bow low? Jesus defeated the darkness. He has never lost a battle. God bless you for being here. Thank you for your cards and your prayers and everything. Uh, look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Okay, no church tonight. But Wednesday at 7, we'll be back in the book of Philippians. We're having a great time there. So come and be a part of Wednesday night church. We love you. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Rest of the day in the Lord. He is... Battle